The perfect record is gone and the losing streak in the game is still intact. Welcome to the big house. These are snap judgments. They are brought to you by Buyers Auto. Final score, Michigan 30, Ohio State 24. Buckeyes dropped to 11 and one. They will not win the Big Ten East division. They will not go to Indianapolis for the Big Ten championship game. And all that's left for them at this point now is to hope that uh, they get more help the way they did last year in this exact same situation. There's uh, that's, that may be a long shot. It's maybe not even worth discussing because the real deal is that Ohio State has no real excuse. They got they got beat by uh, the home team here, and it didn't ever feel like Ohio State was really in, in, in position to win it. No, I, I don't know that I believe that. Uh, you know, Ohio State comes down after giving up the opening drive field goal in the second half to Michigan, down 17-10. I thought that drive after the sack on first down yep. was one of the best drives we've seen Ohio State put together all season. Sure. Uh, it's 17-17, and you feel like, okay, we're, we're back where we need to be. And the next drive, J.J. McCarthy does some Houdini stuff a, a couple of times. Michigan picks on the Ohio State linebackers in passing game and, and goes to the tight end over and over. And uh, from there, it's playing catch-up. Michigan gets a, a huge injury to Zach Zinter. It's... The next play, they run a 22-yard touchdown run where Ohio State seemed to fall asleep. And I, I felt like this game was two very, very even teams. I said it all week. I thought these teams were like we, we've we've said in the last couple of years, Michigan's built to beat Ohio State. Ohio State's built to beat yeah. the, the SEC. This Ohio State team was built to compete with, your, with Michigan. And I think that, I mean, Ohio State, if you look at the statistics, Ohio State won in pretty much everything yeah. except for the score. Uh, and that's because their quarterback made the big mistake and J.J. McCarthy's one turnover that should have happened was erased by the officials for some reason and ends up being a, a seven-point swing for Michigan. Um, I I don't – Michigan ran for four yards of carry. Like, it, this wasn't a, a physical whipping or anything like that. They just got four yards of carry, and they, they had the ball with eight minutes to go, up by three, and Ohio State couldn't get them off the field. And, and kudos to Michigan for – Knowing what they do well, uh, they they just churn it out. Yeah, I mean maybe maybe that was not a fair assessment or or the right way to feel about it for me at the start there for that way. I'm looking at the game because Ohio State was certainly there and was one drive away from potentially winning. It just there was this sense and to me in the second half after that touchdown drive and the Travion Henderson touchdown where it was like, is Michigan ever going to not score again? They were marching down. It was like this feels inevitable and especially on that long seven minute drive to go get the field goal and push the lead to six it was like you know even though technically ohio state was within reach even yeah. though they were out gaining them almost two to one in the first half like it just i felt like i had a long time to process and accept that michigan yeah. won the game again maybe that's why like yeah. because in the moment there was certainly still an opportunity and you see julian fleming breaking in deep down the field late and catching that ball and now he, he fumbles it and mecca book has to recover but it's like well, suddenly you're You've got maybe 30 seconds left and 30, 30, 40 yards to go. Like there's a legitimate chance, but it just, to me, it was like, I, I don't know. I had, I had already come to terms with the fact that Ohio State was leaving here with a loss. Yeah, I mean, I think you were sort of waiting for the other shoe to, to drop. I mean, it, it felt like the Michigan seven-minute drive, it felt like Blake Corn was just going to pop one of those and it, and it was going to end up being a 10-point a game instead of the six-point game. But ultimately, this came down to special teams again for Ohio State not getting the job done and turnovers and you know you can uh, I'm gonna not really blame Kyle McCord for the game ceiling interception obviously he steps up in the pocket and, and throws the ball gets hit while he throws it and that's what that's what occurs when the defense can just pin their ears back and go after you uh, 
overall, I just, I, it's, it feels like a game that we should see again. Uh, I, we won't get to because that's just not the way this season works out. And uh, it's not a situation where Ohio State seems to have a clear cut path to the playoff. If one or two things happen, you need four or five things to occur. Uh, and for, for the last iteration of the game in this sort of environment, it feels unfortunate that it's not a year later because these teams should play again next week uh, for the Big Ten Championship because Iowa doesn't belong in that game against Michigan. No, but yet the, they're going to get that shot. And and kudos again to, to Michigan. Sharon Moore had a good game plan. Michigan did what they've done the last couple of years, came out in the second half and got a little weird. They brought in Alex Orgy, the backup quarterback. Uh, they you know have Donovan Edwards throw a pass. They do a couple things to, to put the Buckeyes on their heels and it felt like 2021 had a chance to happen in this game. And then the Buckeyes got the ball back and drove down the field and scored. You're like, oh, okay, they're, they're in it. And I, I don't know. I mean, there's things to nitpick. There's, that's a loss. Uh, Ryan Day, his conservative style in the first half and the, the second drive of the game, the fourth and one. I mean, number one, why isn't that being reviewed by the officials to see where, where, Xavier, Johnson. where Xavier Johnson really was? Because it looked like it could have been close to me. Uh, but number, you know, then you have 35 seconds at the end of the first half on a fourth and two from the 32 yard line. What's the worst thing that happens if you don't get the first down? I mean, uh, Michigan likely is not going to go 70 yards and score. The idea of kicking a 51 or 52 yard field goal with Jaden Felding, who's not made a kick anywhere near that length. Just, I, I can't really get my head around that decision because I felt like Ohio State was moving the ball pretty much at will from the middle of the first quarter on. And, and you just, Michigan was just did a nice job of slowing the, the game down. I think what you mentioned there is what, as I think about it right now with snap judgments, you think about Michigan bringing in Orgy to get a spark on the rushing attack at quarterback and, and a new wrinkle that Ohio State didn't appear fully ready to account for. And Donovan Edwards with you know a little running back, halfback pass that, that gashed Ohio State. The team that was willing to go forward on fourth down was also Michigan. The, the aggressive play calls, the new wrinkles it's just it seems so bizarre to me that that is the team that's doing it and not ryan day who the first few years of his career built built his whole reputation and cemented it on being aggressive and going for it on fourth down and being willing to take shots when other teams wouldn't do it uh, and you know take taking the outcome win or lose and a lot of times it was a win because of it i i don't I think that's what happens when pressure's on you and it changes you uh the team that has confidence in the series feels like, hey, we can we can mess around and find out and see what happens. And, and the team that's losing that this game, I think sometimes it's like, oh, we can't afford because, and I don't know why, because to me, the the instinct should be opposite that, but I don't know. I think that's what is so maddening to evaluate with Ohio State in the game now. And let's, we can't forget about what happened in the previous two years, but there were certainly situations like that where it's like, you're watching it and you're wondering why is it that the more traditional button-up conservative team which that's michigan's normal reputation on a weekend week-out basis why is it that they are pushing the envelope in this game well because that's what it takes to win when the margins are that tight you know ryan day calls it a matchup game all the time i'm not sure that he's putting his team in the best position to trade blows whether that's michigan you know he had a great game plan they were so close to beating georgia in the peach bowl but being close in these games is not going to win a trophy. Ohio State's not going to Indianapolis next week. They have to wait and hope that a lot of things break their way to, to maybe play for a national championship. But if not, nobody's going to care if they go to the Orange Bowl and play for that 
you know, basket of fruit. That's not what Ohio State is meant to play for. And I'm not, it's not an indictment. It's not a, like he can't ever get it back, Ryan Day, or that Ohio State would be better off moving on because this guy's lost three games in a row to Michigan. I don't, I don't believe that. I think that the position, the program is still in a really good spot. But watching it is just, I feel like I'm, it's a twilight zone and they switch the sidelines and the switch the mentalities. And I, maybe it's because of what's happened the last couple of years to your point, Burn, but, but I don't know if it is. I just think, I thought they came out in pregame. I was like, that, that team down there in Michigan, they looked really, they looked really tight. And Ohio State was bouncing around. The coaches were dance, dancing. And I'm like, I feel like it's going to be a good day for the Buckeyes. And then they got in the game and it was like, okay, drop three and out from a Mecca Buka interception in the first quarter. It's like, and then all the other decisions became more conservative as a result of that. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm trying to, the, the stadium, in-stadium in scoreboard didn't do a very good job with replays uh, on most of the stuff that mattered. I thought Kyle McCord, aside from the interception on the, the third drive and then the interception on the last, played pretty okay. I mean, I, he missed some early throws. Uh, he had a, a shot here on the Buckeyes field goal drive to Cade Stover. If he just throws it in the end zone, it's a touchdown. Instead, he throws it 10 yards short, and, and it ends up being a deflected ball by Mike Sanderson. I mean, Will Johnson went out of this game for Michigan, and Ohio State didn't start ranch, wrapping up the uh, the opportunities for Marvin Harrison. They, I, but I thought, again, they, they were moving the ball down the field. I don't think that even though they were fighting for yards on the running game, you're getting three and a half from, from Travion and you're getting five and a half or six from, from Chip Trainum. It wasn't any better or worse than what Michigan was doing. I, I just, it was once you give them the ball at the seven yard line, everything in this game, when it is a talent equated game, these are very equal teams. From that point forward, you just chase in the whole way. And I, it's, I, you can look at 7,000 things in this game. But that interception and the third drive of the game changed the way Ohio State had to play it. And they should have gotten it back with Denzel Burke making a play in this end zone that they weren't given back. And it's unfortunate because that's the way the ball falls sometimes. But I, I, I need to rewatch this to really think about. I, I don't think it was a Michigan wasn't the better team. They just had one more possession than Ohio State did, and I, and Ohio State turned it over. And, and you can't win on the road against a top three team turning the ball over and missing field goals. Yeah, and I, I think that one possession part is why you look at the game and the decision to take the field goal right before halftime. You're like, well, can they make it? Does it change the outcome, the score? I mean, if you're just adding three points, I mean, no, it wouldn't on that accounting. But I think that's why if you're trying to maximize every possession, it's fourth and two. For me, I've watched this team. I don't know why Ryan Day would trust his special teams to execute more than his own offense. Yeah. You still have a quarterback who was beginning to make more plays. He hit a great, you know, seam ball to Cade Stover. He hit the deep shot to Marvin Harrison on that drive. Like things were moving in a positive direction. It's fourth and two, and you still have Marvin Harrison Jr., Cade Stover, Emeka Ibuka, and Xavier Johnson, and Travion Henderson, and Chip Trainum at your disposal. I would take all of those guys over Ohio State special teams, I, and I will make no apologies about that. From from last year in the game until now, Ohio State special teams have been an outright disaster. Yeah. And they committed another boneheaded penalty in this game. Again, it's just a matter of five yards, but this happens over and over and over, and it proves my point in my mind that to trust that and say, well, 30 seconds in a timeout, I'm just going to take the three points. What good did it do? Yeah. Like, 
you have an opportunity to score a touchdown in a game that you expect to go four quarters and to be a one possession game and to just flush it, I did not understand. And again, that's Ryan Day's call. He seemed comfortable with it. He was asked about it multiple times in the post game. But to me, I did not like it. And I thought it was far too conservative for the moment. I didn't like it because you have a team full of guys that want to go into halftime feeling like their coach is giving them a shot to win the football game. And I don't think anyone really believed that a 52-yard field goal attempt from Jaden Felding, who's never hit one from that distance in, in college, was the right decision or the right approach to say, we're, we're trying to win this game. That team walked up the tunnel down 14 to 10. They were down at halftime here, 14 to 13 in 2021. They were down at halftime here in 2017. They were down at halftime here in 2015. They found ways to win games. There was It was a group of guys who walking up the tunnel were very shell-shocked. Like, okay, did that just happen? Because they played better by a wide margin than Michigan in the first yeah, half. Yeah. Much like they did a year ago and trailed then. And it's like, at some point, you as the head coach, you as the assistant coaches have to change this, this and, and say, we're going to go aggressive. We're going to be the team that people fear. And I just think that this attitude, this approach, doesn't lend itself to that sort of fear. Yeah. And you have guys like Marvin Harrison and Emeka Buka and Trayvon Henderson and Case Over. Let them put the fear of God into that defense. And and when the Buckeyes got rolling in the in the second quarter and in the in the end of the third and the end of the fourth quarter, you can see that that was out there. Michigan was not stopping them. No. That was not going to. They were not going to stop them. They needed a, a a ball to get deflected to win this game. I I am convinced Ohio State was going to win this game if that ball doesn't get deflected. You can't prove me wrong, so it doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> but. Like, Kyle McCord at that point was like, okay, he's in the flow of the game. And I, I said it earlier in the week, if the Buckeyes could get three consistent quarters out of Kyle McCord, I thought they'd win this game. And, and they basically did, except for the final play. I think it's one of the big differences in, in today and why it proved so costly is that the, the periods, the, the one bad quarter that Kyle McCord was having for the most part outside of Wisconsin, they weren't leading to turnovers yeah. over the course of the season. They were mistakes that you could come back from. They were... Uh, you know, errors of not converting a, a first down or being inconsistent with accuracy and drive stalling out. They weren't costly and directly handing Michigan points. Like, And that's what you're doing if you give it to that team inside the 10-yard line. Like, Ohio State's defense has been phenomenal all year, and they had already they'd been pretty impressive early, and like it looked like they'd found some things and they were going to be able to stop Michigan's rushing attack for the most part. But inside the seven's a different animal. Early, in, early on, they're fresh, and they're looking for... You know, it took them four downs to get it, but that's the way that it works. Like, that's Michigan is built to do that. They did. They took advantage. And so giving them, it's one of the things we said before the game. It's like you can't give extra possessions and you can't waste special teams opportunities. And Ohio State did both of those things. So it's when you look at it from that perspective, it's like it shouldn't come as a major surprise. The fact that they still had a drive and a chance to win it may well be a tribute to Ohio State as one of the best four teams in the country. But you know what? If you don't, if you don't take care of those things on your own, you don't. Yeah. You, you can't just be hoping for you. They had it in their hands and they let it get away. Yeah. That's on them. And you, I mean, I, I don't want to like go fine tooth comb this, but like Ohio State's punting game stinks. Yeah. Jesse Murko stunk. Yeah. Like I, I, where you're punting the ball from your own 45 yard line in the second drive of the game and you hit a 35 yard punt. Like what is the point of that? And, and it wasn't like, 
he was trying to let it go like it's trying to be cute and I, I just don't get what's going on with the punter i don't understand the idea of why you can't line up on a punt without getting a penalty i just don't understand these little things and ohio state i mean that was the only penalty of the game for the ohio, for the buckeyes right uh yeah so i mean they played clean other than again you're turning the ball over and and on the road against the top three team and the, Ohio State is one of the best four teams in the country. There is no doubt in my mind about that. And it's a shame they're not going to get a chance without some major, major help to win a, a national championship. But that is what Kyle McCord said in the postgame. Like, when you're in a game like this, the margin of error is so fine. And the Buckeyes are the ones that made the errors. And, and Michigan's one attempt at a turnover was removed. So, it, you know, you, you get what you get. And uh, there's some soul searching that has to be done in this program. And some tough decisions are going to have to be made when it comes to assistant coaches uh, this offseason. Um, and I say coaches, plural. I mean, there, there's going to be some decisions that have to be made for Ryan Day. And, um, you know, now the worst part is that people will start to ramp up that Texas A&M talk just because, like, Ohio State lost this game. And Buckeyes fans, rightfully so, will probably not have a lot of kind words over the next couple of days. And, uh, you know, you wonder how much that sort of stuff plays into a guy's head when, when you have to worry about, you know, do am I appreciated? Like, uh, well, I, that's what the ten million dollars is for. Yeah, you didn't think so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and we'll see what they because it's not just Ryan Day. It's not just the, the coaching staff and the decisions he has to make. You, you know, Marvin Harrison's got to be stuck in a holding pattern, waiting for a week to see if he gets a chance to play for Ohio State again. I mean, that's there's a lot of decisions that Ohio State players have to make. You look at that offense, and and you know, Emeka Ibuka facing a, a tough call potentially to to leave or, or come back and. Denzel Burke on the defensive side. You wonder like, how much of this part of what helped Michigan turn the rivalry was a bunch of guys who wanted to stay and like get it right yeah. and, and try and win and come back to do that. How many guys for Ohio State are going to do that? How many tough calls is Ryan Day willing to make? There's there, there can simply be no question about it. If you can't trust your special teams in this game and you haven't been able to do that for a year and even though he called on them to execute, I, I mean, I'm sorry. You cannot have a full-time special teams coordinator making half a million dollars for that. Those yeah. are the things that have to be done. If there has been a, a point about Ryan Day's tenure that I do think is fair to make, we, we've both said many times we think that the program is in a really great place. The recruiting is fine. The NIL is on the uptick. They, they develop well. All those things are true. They're one of the four best programs in the country. They might not be in the playoff, but they're still one of the four best. The, there have been criticisms leveled that Maybe the managing of the personnel on the coaching side has not been Ryan Day's forte. Okay, yep. well, this is a make or break point now. This is three in a row. There was no Connor Stallions. There's no cheating going on. There was no sign stealing. That was it. This game was lost in the fine margins, yeah. and you have to figure out why. Because the players are good enough to do it. There's not any doubt about that. They're tough enough to do it. They're physical enough to do it. So what is it going to take to get to the next point? I think that's where it has to begin. It does. And uh, it's Ryan Day, if you remember when he took over, he made some tough decisions on the defensive side of the ball. And that's not the issue here. I mean, Jim Knowles' defense gave up their most points of the season. But again, I, I don't, it didn't feel like it was a game where either, either side had offensive control uh, against the other. So um, there's some things that have to change. And I, I hope uh, that Ryan Day is willing to do those things. And, you know, you're going to hear it. You know, there's, 20 of Ohio's best players in, in the building here today, uh, high school players who are here watching this game. And this is how, without a real push by the Buckeyes coaching staff in these next couple days to say, hey, we're right there. 
this game doesn't define the program. Uh, even if you, in your heart, feel it does. Yeah. You gotta. You can't let that be the story. And uh, we'll see how Ryan Day and his his staff handle it. All right. Well, those are snap judgments. Not uh, the most enjoyable episode I think that we've done this year. But we appreciate Buyers Auto for helping bring it to you as we give some initial thoughts on Michigan 30, Ohio State 24. That's the end of the regular season. We appreciate you following along for all of our post-game coverage throughout the year on the podcast. We'll have uh, much, much more to come as we wrap this up and then start looking for what's next for Ohio State. For Berm, I'm Austin Ward. We'll talk to you later.